Hey, this is Mover Scott from the Imagination Movers. Hey, this is comedian Josh Sneed. Hi, I'm Andy Kibler. This is Tony Mealy from FFJungle.com. Hey, it's Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. I am uh, Kevin Christie. Hey, what's up? This is stand-up comedian Al Madrigal. Hey, this is Pillow Dave. This is Mark Shalafu. Oh, this is Elliot. And Matt from NFRV UK. This is Imagination Mover Smitty, and you're listening to the No Huddle. Football Podcast, a fun, informative, and concise look at fantasy football with your host, P.F. Wilson. Thank you, Jim Lugers, and welcome once again, everyone, to the No Huddle Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week number 13. If you're in a 12-team league, that means you are probably on the cusp of the playoffs. If you're in a 10-team league, uh, you may be waiting another week for the playoffs to start. But in any case, coming up, we have Philly Dave with us talking, well, all things Philly. First of all, if you listen to the national sports media, they would just as soon make a crack about how tough the fans are or tell another joke about, you know, the Eagle fans booing Santa Claus. We'll hear more from Dave in just a few minutes, but first, as always, Gord, but first, as always, we're going to go around the horn. Okay, on the Around the Horn segment this week, I think we're going to stick with the uh, strategy we've been doing for the past couple of weeks, wherein is instead of me going through trying to look at matchups and guess things that way, uh, kind of just, uh, again, as I call uh, teaching you how to fish, as it were, and uh, kind of showing you some of the analytical things that have worked for me. Um, you know, the big debate we always have, of course, is it you know, the matchups or is it your starters are your starters and stick with that rule even if it's not a very good matchup. And I'm leaning toward, uh, and I might have mentioned this in the past couple of weeks, that your starters are your starters. Even though I'm a big matchup guy and you know analyzing the stats and you know, this running back's playing against this defense and they're last in the league and they've allowed 200 yards rushing, I still think uh, you got to go with your starters as your starters. Case in point, Mr. Tom Brady, who had a uh, really you know average matchup against the New York Jets and came out with 37 points. And uh, my alternate, of course, was Philip Rivers, so really there was no decision there because he was projected to only have like 15 or 16 as well. But he had a much tougher matchup against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and he just hasn't been as consistent as Brady. So uh, the only uh, thing I, the only place I violated that uh, rule a little bit was uh, Felix Jones. I benched in favor of Michael Lashore because I just thought that uh, Lashore would get more carries, and the fact that Jones wasn't activated until game time kind of concerned me, and I thought that foot problem might have been bothering him. Other than that. Uh, stuck with the starters unless a guy is really hurting you. Uh, case in point, Jeremy Macklin. Uh, he did end up getting 10 points on Monday night in a loss, which is okay, but he was still... You see, I had Golden Tate who got me 9.6 points, so not a whole lot better, and I was a lot more confident that Golden Tate was going to see some passes uh, from Russell Wilson as I was um, Jeremy Macklin getting passes from a backup quarterback, which uh, he did a couple of times, and I guess he wound up being the leading receiver in that game, but uh, as we're going to discuss with Philly Dave in a little bit, you know, you want to kind of stick with the stronger team overall that your guy is playing for. So if you're heading into the playoffs and you know, your starters got you there, stick with your starters. Um, and if the tiebreaker then should be the matchup. So if you've got, you know, two guys that, uh, you know, seem to be pretty equal, you know, go to that NFL site, look at the defense they're playing, uh, the rushing defense and the passing defense, see how many points the other team is giving up. And it's a pretty easy decision from there. Um, we're going to move on now to our interview with Philly Dave right after this word from our announcer, uh, Big Pretty slash Big Jim Lugers. 
Hey everybody, it's Big Pretty from the Big Pretty Podcast. Check me out on iTunes, Big Pretty Podcast, uh, BigPrettyPod.com. Follow me on Twitter at Big Pretty Pod to keep abreast of the burgeoning starting era of the Big Pretty Podcast. Uh, I'll be talking to comics, I'll be doing junk, so uh, please be sure and check it out. And uh, more importantly, check out my man here, P.F. Wilson. Thanks again. Peace out. And be sure to check out Big Jim uh, or Big Pretties or both of them. Check out both their podcasts because they're one and the same. Uh, check the <laughs> check that out. Uh, you can look for it. Um, I believe it's going to be available on iTunes soon. Uh, just Google Big Pretty Podcast. That'll take you where you need to go. And now here is our interview with my good... Uh, and here's an interview with my oldest and dearest fantasy football friend, Philly Dave. Okay, joining us on the No Huddle, it's Philly Dave here to talk about, well, all things Philly, pretty much. Um, how's it going, Dave? <laughs> well, I don't know, P.F. It's been, a, it's, been a rough, it's been a rough season. Been a rough season for the Eagles, but for the Philly Cheesesteaks <laughs> fantasy football team, it's uh, shaping up to be a pretty good season. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, now, this thank goodness is, for you have something to be happy about. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I haven't really been in that position in a long, long time. What's it like when, uh, you know, you're, um, you know, at the beginning of the season anyway, there was, you know, the Eagles, of course, were certainly right in the thick of it. And, of course, you had yeah. your fantasy team. I mean, what is – do you have a dilemma? Because I know you had a lot of Eagles on your team, too. Is there is it extra heartbreak when they're doing poorly and it costs your team, or do you, can you keep the two separate? No, it – you know, I uh, it, it's harder because I, I always draft uh, a couple eagles. Uh, I'm not nearly as much of a homer as um, uh, what's that guy who drafts all the Pittsburgh players in our league? Oh, John. Yeah, I played him this right, week. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, I always have a couple, and this season I've had Selleck and Deshaun Jackson. So yeah, it's been tough. I've actually stuck with them a lot longer. Just because you know, I keep thinking as a fan that that Philly's going to break out and yeah, gonna yeah. start scoring again. See, and I I know better as a as a Browns fan. I <laughs> picked up picked up Phil Dawson for uh for one game because uh, Matt Bryant was on a bye for the Falcons. So if I go Philly dog, you know he has to kick a lot and he's pretty accurate. He missed an extra point for God's sake. <laughs> How do you do that? So yeah, I've I've uh, once again I've I've learned my lesson, but. You know, it's funny though. If we had, like, if we had, um, if we had a plate kicker on our fantasy roster who missed a, an extra point, you and I wouldn't even know about that. We wouldn't even hear about that. But because we're we're so loyal to our oh yeah our team, that that player is on our roster. Like we we know every move exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it does. You know, uh, not just in in football, but in in baseball. When I was doing fantasy baseball, um, when Jags was doing his. His fantasy baseball that made me a better baseball fan because I was following people besides the Reds and the Indians, and uh, so it kind of exposed me to following not only the like like I had a couple you know the LA Angels on my team, but not only follow the guys I had, but I'd follow the whole Angel team because you know I would end up following my guys. So I think that happens in, in football as well. It does make you a more informed fan. Yeah. So let's um let's start with the uh, the Eagles I guess uh, uh, we had Mark Shalif who was on last week and he was kind of asking what what's going on in Philly and said you know what let's get Philly Dave on next week and ask him it, first of all is Andy Reid going to be back USA Today says the writing is on the wall I, I can't see how he'd possibly be back um, I actually would I, you know I, I really think that um, there's a few things about this whole situation 
you know, us Eagle fans have known for at least four weeks now that he's he's probably coaching his last season. And, and now with them losing seven straight, he's definitely coaching his last season. Uh, but there's um, – I've noticed a few things uh, in this season with the Eagles' demise. Uh, first of all, if you listen to the national sports media, you know, the pregame shows, the commentators during the show, the halftime shows, uh, no one really wants to talk about this. They would just as soon make a crack about how tough the fans are uh. or, or tell another joke about, you know, the Eagle fans booing Santa Claus. <laughs> if you really listen closely, no one is really digging deep. I mean, none of these guys are investigative journalists. No. Uh, they, and they all say, here's what's really amazing, they all say, oh, well, Andy's a great coach and he'll, he'll get a job just like that next year. Well, that was the other question that we had. Mm-hmm. And my question is, why? Why would he? I mean, his that Eagle team, the Eagles have not been to the playoffs in four seasons. They haven't been to the playoffs. This will be four years in a row. And if you look at the decision-making that Andy Reid has uh, you know, been responsible for, just, just on the defensive coordinator standpoint, you know, once Jim Johnson... You know, uh, you know, rest his soul, passed away uh, before the start of the 2009 season. They've had four straight seasons of virtually no defensive coordinator to speak of. Um, and you could really argue that, you know, the defense was equally responsible for the Eagles' uh, success and Andy's success, oh, especially yeah. during the Super Bowl year. Definitely, yeah. It took a lot of heat off the offense, which... Uh... Yeah. It probably looks but like no nice. one's no one's really digging deep. I mean, well, that's I think that's interesting. These these guys are all they're not reporters, and no. they're all they're obviously all in bed with the NFL and don't want to upset anybody. Well, I think you'd find that that's the journalism as a whole. You could extend that into politics and entertainment reporting, and you, you find very little uh, of that. I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right, though. It's just I think you know people don't want to. Get in on anybody's. They, they, you hear this in politics a lot. Uh, this comedian I'm, I'm friendly with says that you know he criticizes all these reporters because if they answer tough question, they ask tough questions, they won't be allowed in the White House press room anymore. Right. Yeah, things like that. And you're exactly yeah. probably the same thing. You know, you don't want to, you won't be allowed in the locker room anymore if you you know start putting their feet to the fire. Uh, you know about some of these decisions. So you don't think Andy Reid even finds a position as a coordinator somewhere? Uh, I think I think Andy's definitely going to let get let go. And I think he's going to take a year off, and I think he'll have a starting, uh, he'll have a head coaching job again. I don't think Andy's ever yeah. going to be a coordinator. I think he's either going to be a head coach again very soon, or he's going to be a general manager. Ah, interesting. And what about? I don't the, think he'd ever be a coordinator. What about the Eagle players? A lot of talent, certainly on offense. Still, uh, how did? Well, no, no leadership. Naha. And, and no philosophy. Um, if you look at all the moves that have been made this season, um, in the in the in the name of accountability and making changes, only defensive people have been let go. Jason Babin was let go today, and this was 
this was a real mystery. I think I think we haven't heard the the the, the real story here yet. And then Juan Castillo was let go right you know right during the bye week with all these promises of you know holding players accountable and big changes looming. Not a single not a single uh, player was released from the offensive side of the ball. Nor was uh, any coaching uh, staff members released on the offensive side of the ball. So I think there, I think there's there's a little bit of a mutiny going on internally. Uh, I think there's a lack of leadership among the players. I think the composition of the team, you know, picked by uh, Andy, who, you know, in fairness to Andy, has been under duress for four years since oh, yeah. his son got into trouble. Uh, and you combine that with the you know the 35 year old general manager who's who's never worked for anyone but the Eagles, and I believe he has an accounting degree in hmm. college. So, which worked probably were great in fantasy football because, as Jimmy Pardo says, it's really fantasy accounting. <laughs> <laughs> More so baseball than football, but that's his joke about fantasy baseball is really fantasy accounting. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think your team is, is going to be in trouble for a long time. I really do. I, I really, I think what the owner should have done. I think it really rests on Lurie. Uh, I think when Reed's sons first got arrested four years ago, I think you know Lurie should have uh, should have started taking a real hard look back then, and certainly before this season started when Andy lost his son. Uh, you know, Andy's son was a paid staff member for the Eagles, and he overdosed That's right. at the Eagles facility. I mean, I think I think when that happened, Lurie should have made him sit out the year. Yeah. And, and I, I ask you this, P.F., if the Indianapolis Colts, with a totally new roster, new coach, and rookie quarterback, can rally around Chuck Pagano, who left the team, you know, because of cancer, right. how come the Eagles, who were who had a lot more talent, uh, could not rally around, you know, Andy if if the owner made him take some time off just because of uh, duress. Excellent the question. Owner's, the owner's responsibility, in my opinion. Wow, excellent question. And speaking of, um, I'm wondering, do you listen like on the internet to some of the Philadelphia, or maybe at night you can pick up, money you can pick up KYW uh, at night mm-hmm. on the AM. Do you Ooh. listen? To, Reference there, Pia. Oh, I'm a I'm a big AM radio nerd. You know, I tell people, you know how when you, you know when your car you have the uh, one set of AM presets, but you have two sets of FM presets in most cars. I need right. two sets of AM because I would program it for all the stations you can hear. Because uh, I used to work at night too, and I worked at the airport. I could listen to them on to and from work at KMOX in St. Louis and and uh, and uh, what KYW and WABC in New York and WGN in Chicago mm-hmm. and all those. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I know, I know of my KY, and there's another one I used to yes, pick up. You do. There's another one. It's right around 1100 because I remember I pick, used to pick it up accidentally instead of the Cleveland station when I was a kid because I would get up before the sun came up and uh, to go to school. And sometimes my alarm clock would slip, and I would get WCAU maybe. That that's Philadelphia. There you go. That yeah. is. It's it's like it's like it's like 1090. I think it's right next to 3WE. That's what his old timers wow. call it. The old WWWE. But anyway. Do you listen to any of those stations, and uh, are the fans locally asking these questions, or are the journalists locally asking these questions? Oh, absolutely. It's very hard. It's uh-huh. very hardcore in, in Philly and the Philly sports scene. Just imagine, just imagine, uh, let's say there's a million Eagle fans in Philly. Right. Just imagine one million Chris Matthews performing hardball 
you know, every time they talk to each other yeah. about the Eagles. They, 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 there's no mincing of words there. Now, I would, I'd imagine that's a pretty, it's pretty straightforward there. Uh, you know, if, it's, if it's that way in Cleveland and in Pittsburgh when I was there, I'm certain it's that way in Philadelphia. Right. Um, and it's something you alluded to earlier I wanted to discuss with you because of your years of expertise in fantasy football is, of course, I, I played uh, a guy this week who start, decided to play a lot of Steelers uh, not only because he's kind of a homer for the Steelers, but I think he truly believed that he had a good chance against the Browns, and I really don't think I just—I don't think I disagreed with that that philosophy, because had Ben Roethlisberger played, uh, I beat him by 20 points, but I'm sure he could have found 20 points with all those guys if uh, he had two, his two wide receivers, his running back, and the defense got him 13 points, which was you know uh, right what you would expect against the Browns. But I think he, yeah. he could have beaten me had they had Ben Roethlisberger. Now, he had Peyton Manning as his quarterback, so that didn't affect him directly. But I think Manning or uh, Roethlisberger being in that game, he very well could have beat me playing all of the Steelers against a weak Cleveland Browns team. So my question to you is, because I'm thinking about doing this with the Giants, because Vernon Davis has been rubbish for me at tight end, and I've got Martellus Bennett. But I also have Ooh. Ahmad Bradshaw and Victor Cruz. And the Giants seem to be like they're getting things turned around. You know, do I really want to have three guys on the same team in my starting roster, or should I spread the love? Well, you know what? Uh, in the case of the Giants, I would say yes, because I think you're right. I think they have turned it around, and I think they've made that late uh, late season adjustments um, that you know you have to admit, even though I hate the Giants uh, from. You know, since I was in my crib, you have to admit they are—they know what they're doing. They—they—they, they, they, uh, in my opinion, they turned it around two weeks ago. I would have said no way. Try to limit your exposure yeah. to uh, uh, those players, but I think they've really turned it around. I think Eli's back, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's certainly the one you want to uh, uh, slaughter. Yeah, and uh, my nephew has Eli, and uh, he's a. Uh, uh, on the verge of making the playoffs. You're in. I'm in. So, uh, And you could actually clinch a first-round bye. I think if you get a win and one of the teams above you loses, you might have enough points to break the tie and get that all-important first-round bye. Yeah, I'm taking a look at it right now. Um, I'm, and I'm up against Robbie's Crushers. I'm up against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, the, the Steeler guy. Okay, well, there you go. So yeah. you and, how, be... and how ironic that I'm not going to be playing any well, I might start Selleck, but um, so, yeah, you know, with, with Deshaun on injured reserve. Um, oh, and you know what? I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did this last night. At, uh, in the third quarter of last night's game, I mean, Bryce Brown had, had, um, he had over 150 yards rushing already. Yeah. I went, I went to Yahoo and, Lo and behold, he was available, and I added him to my roster. And he's, uh, I'm going to be starting this uh, this, uh, this weekend. Uh, I think I, I've got to. Yeah, I don't know how I missed that one. Man. Although my running ba- I'm pretty okay at running back. It's receiver that I've kind of been pulling my hair out. Although I did lose Willis McGahee. Um, and Ryan Matthews has been so-so. And actually, all my running backs have been so-so, but better than I've been doing in the past couple of years. So. Yeah, it's, but it's, then, you know, to get back to your question, I yes. think you would definitely, you should definitely, uh, I would go all in with those giant players. 
Uh, I, do, I do think they've, uh, they've turned it around. Uh, high-scoring teams tend to do do well. Yeah, that's kind of the, a good rule of thumb where you're probably not seeing a lot of people starting any of the Kansas City Chiefs or the Browns apart from Trent Richardson. Or uh, So that's yeah. a good thing to do, I guess, when folks are considering their playoff rosters. Is to you know right. think well who yeah you know, what's the, the overall the stronger the stronger team, um, any other uh, things you're looking at for the playoffs here or are you just going to keep running it like you've been running it? Well, I think um, I've got three quarterbacks, and I, I think I've been pretty lucky in that I've been able to juggle them. Uh, you know, I've got a couple guys that are really they, they make me crazy because they're so they're so hit and miss. I've got Matthew Stafford, oh yeah, and Jay Cutler, and Jay Cutler, and they can be very hit or miss. Yep, very streaky. Uh, but it looks like uh, it looks like Stafford's got the hot hand right now. Brandon Marshall seems to be doing well as a receiver, even without uh, you know whether Cutler is in there or not. Um, Chris Johnson, you know, for me, really turned it around this year after the first four or five games. I was really scared because he was my second round pick. Yeah. Uh, but he's been, you know, he's been pretty darn productive. Um, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I picked up a late season, uh, rocket in Bryce Brown. Yeah, like a man. Uh, I, I know picked- he's got some. I know he's got some fumble issues, but I really think the Eagles, they have to play him. Yeah, got and I no think choice. They want to they see what they can get out of him. And even if he's got a fumble in the game, I mean, I'll take, sure. I'll take his running style any day. Well, and with a rookie quarterback, you know, you always want to rely on the ground game more so that he doesn't have to put it up right. as much. Um, here's a fun fact. I just noticed this today looking at my roster. The roster I will start uh, this Sunday for the last regular season game uh, is made up entirely of guys that I drafted, except for... Uh, Mike LaShure, who will be taking the place of Willis McGahee, who I did draft, but who got injured. Oh, no kidding. That, yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever had that before. Usually I'm down to, like, maybe of the seven starters. Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess I finally had a decent draft for once. Yeah, I think you did. I think you did. Yeah, and you know what's amazing, P.F.? Usually the best drafts happen when friends draft for us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sort of, but we were, but everybody was there this year except for my nephew, which is, I think, it's the first time we've had eleven out of twelve people show up. <laughs> yeah, which is. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were. Uh, that's right. You were drafting for him. You were drafting for him. Players I wanted. I could have killed you. I know. <laughs> well, aren't you glad now that you didn't get the Philly defense? I am very glad. See how that worked out. Defense. There you go. See? I'm even glad I didn't get Philip Rivers. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I just. Who we. I just he he did okay for me during that bye week. I think I lost during the bye week. Yeah, but he's but I look every week to see if there's anybody better in case Tom Brady gets injured or something. And uh, wow, nobody. So I'm just kind of hanging by a thread here, putting it all on Tom Brady. Yeah, because I can't see anybody you know getting remarkably better. The only thing I think is if somebody like you like has an extra quarterback and winds up cutting someone because they need help somewhere else. I well, I almost in, did that yesterday when I added Bryce Brown. I almost dropped um, Sam Bradford because he's my yeah. third quarterback. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever played him. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? Uh, you know, if anyone can really help another team, it's a quarterback. And um, you know, the 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 Rams are playing better. A little so bit, I yeah. Decided to let go of. Uh, I think it was. 
I think I got the backup running back for uh, Gore of San Francisco. I forget his name, but I'll let him Oh, go. Uh, Kendall Hunter. Right I saw there. that. Yeah. yeah, Kendall Hunter. Right. Yep. So. All right. Well, yeah, like so the... if, I win, if I win against the Crushers, uh, and I do have more points. Yeah, but you need a loss. Yeah, two teams ahead of me. You need a loss by one of those guys. Okay. Yeah, and then you can at least clinch second place and get that first round by, which means you have a one in four chance, and I have a one in six chance. Because uh, there's no way I can clinch a bye. Okay. Yeah, so I I'm stuck uh, going to the quarterfinals, no matter what. All right. Well, good luck to you. All right, man. Uh, good talking to you. As always, great insight uh, on the Eagles and the NFL as a whole. And, you, uh, and I'll probably uh, hopefully see you in the postseason, man. That's right. All right. Fingers crossed. The big rivalry. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. All right. I'll see you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Philly Dave for being on the show, providing that great insight as always. Uh, of course, like us on Facebook. Follow the No Huddle on Twitter at the No Huddle. The email is the No Huddle at gmail.com. The blog is the No Huddle.blogspot.com. Pretty easy. Trying to keep it consistent there for a consistency, an important thing in fantasy football. And I think we extend that to the social media and the email as well. All right. Um, let me see. There is uh, no, no buys this week. Uh, we are done with buys, thankfully. Uh, we finished those up last week, as a matter of fact. And uh, coming up this week, we do have a Thursday game. That is the New Orleans Saints visiting the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, lots of guys on both of those teams. Uh, Just to give you a little head start here on the statisticals of this thing. You have the uh, 8th and 6th offenses, uh, the Saints and Atlanta respectively. But the Saints are 32nd in defense, mostly due to a very poor rushing defense. Uh, Their passing game is 5th. The Falcons is 2nd. But they're uh, 28th and 27th in rushing, respectively. So, hmm, figure that one out. Um, yeah, neither of those teams has run very well. Uh, New Orleans, you have a huge committee. And Atlanta has uh, really been just throwing the ball all over the place and, uh, and winning games that way. They're 10-1. and one. So, uh, you have the Thursday game. Uh, everything else will be happening on Sunday and Monday, of course. As always, uh, playoff time is approaching. So, good luck in your games. You've been listening to the No Huddle Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, P.F. Wilson. Join us each week for succinct insight into and analysis of all things fantasy football. Thanks for listening.